Welcome to the Leo Roundtable Law Enforcement Talk Show. We're still live through the Boss Talk Radio Studios in Plant City, Florida. My name is Chip DeBlanc, and I'm your host. And we're a group of law enforcement professionals to talk about today's news and issues. The twist is, is that we talk about it from a law enforcement perspective. Let me introduce the crew. Guys, you, you don't mind waiting for the video portion of our show. Yes, he's back. Captain Brett Bartlett from the Tampa Bay area in Florida. So uh, thanks, uh, Brett, with ExemplarDefense.com. Also, Lieutenant Randy Sutton, all the way from Las Vegas uh, with the Wounded Blue, thewoundedblue.org. Thanks for being on the show, guys. Appreciate it. Also, a mention to our sponsors here, GallsAUFire.com, GunLearn.com, BlueTheGold.com, and MyMedicare.live. Thanks for sponsoring the show. Also, thanks to Brian Burns for the free press at TampaFP.com for carrying our content. And Ray Dietrich for RedVoiceMedia.com. We're streaming to eight locations right now. Three of those belong to Red Voice Media with about a million followers on those three Facebook pages alone. So thanks to Ray and Red Voice Media for helping make that happen. Guys, uh, wow, what a weekend. Uh, a, a, a heavy news weekend, especially slanted on the law enforcement side. So let's go ahead and get started. You know, uh, we've got something involving Marcy's Law. L- listen to this. And this is in Florida. So on Police One, they the title of this article is Names of Officers and Crime Victims Not Shielded by Marcy's Law, According to the Florida Supreme Court. So this is a, I'll, I'll let you know how this affects not just law enforcement, but also victims as well in Florida. And the PBA, the, the Florida Police Benevolent Association, was involved in this as well. So the Florida Supreme Court ruled on Thursday that Florida police officers and any other crime victims that they cannot shield their identity behind Marcy's law. It's the 2018 constitutional amendment. It was uh, grants more rights to victims of crimes through doing that. Now the ruling stemmed from two incidents in Tallahassee back in 2020 where officers fatally shot suspects. When the reporters tried to get the names of the officers that were involved in the shooting, uh, the officers backed by the Florida PBA, they said the names should be exempt because they were assaulted by the people that they shot and that, therefore, they're also victims. Now, in the opinion written by Justice John Carell, the Supreme Court ruled that Marcy's law does not guarantee to a victim the categorical categorical right to uh, withhold his or her name from disclosure. Now, Carell, the judge, also said that Marcy's law uh, speaks about a victim's right to prevent information from being disclosed that could be used to locate them. He said, providing a listen to what the judge says. I mean, guys, we're at the end of 2023, right? The computer age, right? The judge said that providing a name alone communicates nothing about where the individual can be found or bothered. Wow. So the, someone may want to update the the judge a little bit on uh, on the climate and, uh, and the intelligence capabilities there. But the Marcy's Law Amendment approved by 62 percent of the voters. It gives crime victims more rights. It includes the right to prevent the disclosure of information or records that could be used to locate or harass the victim or the victim's family or which could disclose confidential information or privileged information of a victim. It kind of goes on. Uh, there, there's a Jennifer now. She's a spokesperson. Uh, with the, uh, I believe she's with the um, the PBA. Uh, she said basically the same thing I did about the the uh, the the information age that we're in now. And and John, uh, I always I have a trouble. I call him Kaz. I know John uh, Kaz or Kazanagen. Uh, he's the president of the Florida PBA. Great guy. Uh, he was shocked that the court interpretation lumped in the police officer question with victims in general. Kaz also said the lawmakers have been reaching out to him since the ruling was released. He intends to push for changes in the law to fix it. And uh, so I, I have no doubt that him and the Florida PBA are going to take that on. Uh, so, guys, what do you think? It's just a, as big of a deal uh, as, as as it sounds, Brett, or, or maybe not. And, and, Randy, I know you're over in Las Vegas. I don't know if they have similar laws over there or not in Nevada, but go ahead, Brett. 
Well, I'm okay with the officer's name, and, and here's why. When when you strap that badge on and you go on the job, you're 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 a public employee, you know, your your public persona. So I, I'm okay with that name. Uh, the victim's name, I don't. I, but it all depends on the way this thing was written up. It, it sounds like it wasn't written very well. It sounds like Florida Supreme Court would easily overturned it because of the wording in it. Now, if they said, well, uh, the name doesn't mean you can't find out about those people. I'm telling you right now, as a, as a licensed Florida PI with the accesses to the database that I have, I can crawl up your behind with a microscope right now. <laughs> wow. All right. Well, I'm glad. I'm, I'm glad that people at least watching our show audibly don't have a visual feed on this show. They, they don't get to witness any of that that Brett was describing. Randy Sutton. Um, I, I agree with, with Brett. Uh, when I don't know any police department really that doesn't um, that doesn't give the names out of the officers involved in shootings. I mean, it's just pretty much standard around the country. Well, we've, um, we've been covering and, stories for any where they've been holding back. They're, they're not, they, we just, I think there's one today that we're covering that they're not identifying the police officers involved or the, uh, or the, or the, um, the victims involved in the crime. So I, I mean, mostly, but, but it, it happens. I guess, I mean, I, where I've seen, um, I, I rarely see, uh, where I mean, they'll withhold it for like 48 hours, but they usually give it out. Um, so I, I don't know. I'm, I'm good with it, with giving out names of cops that are involved with shootings. It's, it's public. It's a public thing. But, yeah. but I have a problem with the victims uh, being, being uh, subjected to the harassment, which we've seen. I mean, look at in New York. They, ha they have to identify the victims and give, and give the personal information. To the to the uh, defense attorneys, that's crazy in my in my point of view. So I mean, it sounds like Marcy's law is a good law, but uh, it has to be written properly. Now, now yeah, I, I think that's true because the, when when the victims are victimized once, then they're victimized over and over and over again. What they need to do is call the police and say, "Listen, I think there's another perpetrator. There's another bad guy. Who is it? It's Channel 13, WTVT." <laughs> Tampa, Florida, or whatever you have out, and they're on my lawn. I can't get rid of them. Please come arrest these people. They're victimizing me again. They shouldn't release that information, and I'm okay with that. But if the law was written so poorly, they could easily overturn it like that, and then somebody needs to go back to the drawing board. Yeah, I, I have to admit that I, I, you know, I'm generally okay with cops. You know, look, we're public, like Brett said, we're public servants. I'm generally okay with, you know, I don't expect to have my personal information withheld if I end up, you know, shooting somebody. And uh, as, as as long as I'm in the good and made the right decision, I should have nothing to worry about. And uh, and and maybe a little bit of protection if I if I screw up. Um, but uh, but I, I guess there are certain situations. But let's just take Derek Chauvin for instance. I mean, even though I don't believe that he should have been prosecuted and be in jail, um, um, you know, them trying to hide names, it just it it just it, it can go south when you try to when you try to do that it just doesn't give the appearance of, uh, of, of some, uh, that you're not trying to hide anything or like, you know what I'm saying? That you're trying to keep something well, from the public. I, I have to agree with Sheriff Galtieri. You know, there's a level of trust. You're out there with a, with a big car with funny markings on it. that says police. You're walking around in a police uniform with a tag on your shirt that has your name on it. You're a public figure. And all of a sudden they go, well, we're not going to give you the name. That just doesn't, it doesn't sit well for the people who don't understand this. I get you. All right, guys. Well, look, uh, good commentary on this. Interesting topic. We'll see where it goes. We'll see if the uh, if the PBA can uh, can carve out um, 
anything anything with more clarity on the statute but what the judge said about a name is not good enough to identify someone that just blows that judge i wonder if this guy's like in his 80s or 90s and he just is like oblivious to technology he's still using an old flip phone maybe who knows well they're all old and they wear black women's dresses you don't know what's going up under those dresses wow wow i can't believe you went there okay all right so so moving, we got even we got a small from Randy on that one. So good, good job, Brett. Um, you know, Randy's like Burt Reynolds; he only takes his hat off for one thing. You know, I remember I, I know that about Randy. So all right, lawofficer.com suspect killed after police sergeant shot in ambush style attack. So we're in Houston, Texas. So this Houston sergeant ended up being shot, and the suspect is dead after a shooting early on Sunday morning. So look, the bad guy died. The good guy lived through this encounter, but I there's something about the way it went down that I like. So Chief Troy Finner, he told ABC 13 that the officer became aware of a suspect who's connected to multiple burglaries and possibly an aggravated assault. So we're really talking about, you know, burglaries, you know, not armed robberies, you know, not things where you normally would have a gun, but listen to what goes down. And on Saturday, the officer noticed a suspect. He appeared to be casing some businesses. So the suspect, though, confronts the officer. Not the officer confronting the suspect. Suspect confronts the officer while the cop is sitting in his car, and he shoots the officer in the arm. Then he shoots him in the leg, and once in the side. He shoots him three times in all those places. Crap. So the sergeant returns fire from his patrol car. He's already been hit three times. He returns fire, and he kills the suspect. So Chief Finner says, what a stud our sergeant is. I And I... I uh, I ditto those remarks. He commends the sergeant for giving out commands even after he was shot. Finner, the the, uh, the chief, said the officer's tactical vest saved his life. And and look, this is just an example. I love what happened. I love the sergeant stayed in, in, in the fight, didn't give up, and he's he's in a in in a in a in a car in a in a would be coffin, right? You can't. How do you get out of? Some guy comes up on you with a gun. How are you going to get get away, right? You're stuck in the car. But this is this is exactly why I think that our agencies we need to do more training at shooting at uh, occupied vehicles and shooting from occupied vehicles because of stuff like this. Um, that said, and Brett, you're still an active firearms trainer too, but you want to start? Yeah, I, this? yeah I know it. I know at Tampa police, they did training a, at least several years ago on the topic. I don't know if it's recurring training. They, they trained everybody <laughs> how to, how to get the gun out, uh, while you're seated in the car. And I think that's, that needs to be number two, right behind getting the gun out while you're standing. That has to be the next the next level because if you can get it out in the car you can get it out while you're sitting and eating you can get it out while you're you know doing other things uh but man good for him and and it, the article said they have not yet released his name so we were talking about a little bit earlier about sure that does. maybe they're going they're get they're giving him some time they're giving him and the family some time to take a deep breath get it all under control get everybody gathered up and start taking care of this guy then they'll release his name there has to be that window of uh window of time i think yeah, they didn't release the name of the good guy or of the cop or the bad guy. I think they're they're holding both names. Well, that's the same thing. I mean, let's, there, there has to be a reasonable amount of time to do the work before you start throwing out names. All right. Well, look, uh, uh, sorry, Randy, stick with us. Uh, we had our first commercial break, guys. We will be right back. Hey, guys, certainly by now you're aware of the new Gauls at Gauls.com slash Leo, the country's leading uniform clothing equipment and gear provider for law enforcement. And they have a variety of offerings, everything from multi-tools and, and flashlights to duty boots and tactical gear. And as a famous person named Captain Brett Bartlett once said, they pretty much have everything for law enforcement except for guns and ammo. Uh, so if you haven't been to the new Gauls lately, check out Gauls at Gauls.com slash Leo. Brett, do you know what's going, going on at Gauls this week? 
Yeah, there's a there's a new line. There's a new uh, matter of fact, it's called Lion. That, that's the uh, name of the new product. It's all for the hose dragger firefighters in our community. Uh, they <laughs> have and I, and I don't know what hose draggers all need, but it looks to me through the selection. They've got everything that they need. So go to Gauls if you know somebody's a firefighter or if you are a firefighter. They got all kinds of stuff. Hey, on that note, they have Gauls gift cards. Christmas is right around the corner. So family, friends, and loved ones of, uh, of host draggers or law enforcement, get that gift card. Gauls.com slash Leo. Let's talk about Medicare insurance options. There's over 80 options in just Hillsborough County alone. Now, the benefits can change annually. So how do you know that you're getting the benefits for your specific health care needs? The answer is simple. Contact MyMedicare.Live or call area code 813-245-6656. Especially if you're in the Tampa Bay area, talk to James or Bobby, meet with them in person. They'll save you money on your medication co-pays, find plans that your doctors accept, and get more of the benefits that you qualify for. So again, mymedicare.live. All right, guys, welcome back to the Leo Roundtable Law Enforcement Talk Show. We're still live from the Boss Hog Radio Studios in Plant City, Florida, Randy Sutton. Well, I tell you, I am very happy to see that a chief gave such kudos to one of his officers for doing um, a remarkable job under these circumstances. Um, you know, we talk about training all the time. And you can train somebody to get their gun out of the holster. But you can't, you can't um, really train someone to embrace the warrior spirit like this sergeant clearly had. And that's what is so heroic about him, is that under the circumstances where he's been hit three times, he still manages to stay in the fight and effectively return fire so effective that he killed the individual. So um, this is this is to me what what needs to be embraced uh, within our within our uh, world is uh, is the warrior spirit. Thanks. Excellent. Excellent point of view. I, I totally agree. Yeah, this guy is a stud. <laughs> Speaking of studs, Brett, your mic's open. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, I agree with Randy, you know, but, but uh, you know, Randy, you're very well with this. The, the whole warrior ethos is not allowed to be taught. It's not even allowed to be discussed. Um, but, you know, instead of saying protect and serve on our, on, our, uh, on our cruisers, you know, up here in Pasco County, the motto on the police cars is we fight as one. And I thought that would that that was quite a reach. Now I don't think that would go well at all in some of these jurisdictions here in, in, in oh. this country. But in Pasco County, it's we fight as one. And I love that. Charge, yeah, if I was in charge, it'd be it'd be this. Just because I'm shot, don't mean I'm dead. That'd be that'd be on my police <laughs> car right there. So all thank, right. Goodness, I, thank goodness we have a sheriff up here that that listened to his folks, and they said this is what we want. Yeah, you got to love that. Uh, moving along, let's see our next one. We got a couple stories coming up with video components. And for our, our audio listeners, listen to us by podcast and radio. You know, we're describing great detail what's going on so you guys don't feel like you're missing out on anything. And please stay loyal to your podcast and radio station that's bringing this content to you. Um, we do have this live show that's, of course, Monday through Friday during the lunch hour, 12 to 1 o'clock p.m. Eastern time. But we take the same live show and we professionally produce it by embedding videos that we talk about, pictures of the good guys and the bad guys. And we release that on Rumble, on our Rumble channel at rumble.com. And we release that the next day at 9 o'clock in the morning. So it makes for a great way to watch the show, just in case you simply can't live without watching a video component. So at rumble.com on our favorite law enforcement video channel called This Is Butter, Body cam shows a struggle with a suspect and Tulsa police officer before the officer and the suspect are both 
shot. Female officer had her hands full on this one. So, what started out as a traffic stop in August escalated into a life threatening confrontation, leaving both the officer and the suspect injured. So, police say it started when the field training officer and a rookie uh, officer in training uh, made a traffic stop. And uh, if if and I'm I'm getting ready to, to to go through the synopsis here, but if I remember correctly, it was the FTO female that you know, was that ended up getting, was struggling and fighting with this bad guy, got shot. And I think it was the rookie that, uh, that, that in turn shot the bad guy. Uh, so it starts when the FTO and the training officer, they do a traffic stop. It's the rookie's first day. Can you imagine the first day for the rookie? So the stop takes a turn after police say the suspect who's Edward Pulley, he resisted arrest and he tries to draw a gun. If you're watching the video of this guy, the conversation, the car, you don't, you not really a ton of flags and stuff until until there are some uh, to where he's not being compliant but the graphic video released by Tulsa Police Department shows the struggle leads to a gunshot that wounded both Pulley and the FTO and during the fight the guy saying that he had a gun in his waistband pulls it out and shoots the female cop that's on him in the foot at the time and then of course the rookie takes care of business wow rookie's first day a commentary on this guy is just crazy I'm sure the rookie say I don't want to pull my gun I don't want to shoot I don't wow. want to shoot you could hear it, wow. you know. You know, uh, not to say I would ever want this to ever happen to any cop, but sometimes <laughs> if bad things are going to happen through your career, it's better to happen right up front. That way, you just know this is how I'm going to react. This is what I'm going to do, and I and I think it sets the tone for later on. Again, that's not something I would make them do, but I I think that the end result is better. I I saw the officer that got him out of the car that she was in that space, and and. She grabbed him and he was resisting. Chip, at that point, she should have reached over and taken that little car and shoved it up his behind. That fight should have ended right there. Okay. And I think this, you know, it, my attitudes have changed over the years and my, and my ideas, but it should be this. Before you lay hands on, give somebody a command, a verbal command. If they don't listen to you, that's, that is, that's a clue that it's about to go bad. It gives you a chance to get other people, you know, all right, this is going to be bad, sir. You've already pulled away once. This is what's going to happen. But when he started pulling away from her in that space, I, I think she should have shoved him up against that car and, and thumped him right there. All right. Brett the thumper. All right. Randy Sutton, what would you have done, Randy? Well, there, there was, there was a lot of, uh, there was a lot of, of iffies going on here. There was my, my hackles were up immediately. Um, you know, as soon as they realized that he was, uh, I, I I didn't I didn't like when they, they let him get back in the car. Um, the all I saw was the rookie's first day, and they may have a uh, a rule there where all you do is observe. I know that that um, very often that in in field training in the first you know the very first few days, they 
often just tell the, the new officer, you just watch what I do. Because you'll notice that he was back at the patrol car watching while she was doing all the interaction. And then when she did go hands-on, he had to close the distance. And, I mean, I can't imagine the stress level this kid had. Um, I Personally, I think they should have shot him way before um, way before she got shot. Uh, he had the gun in his hand. She knew it. I'm surprised she didn't tell him to shoot him. Um, but, well, I mean, true. because, I mean, and it's the, 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 I think that, the, that this should have gone down a little differently. Of course, you know, second-guessing cops in, in officer-involved shootings is not something that we that we like to do. But uh, uh, let's, let's just thank God that she didn't get killed. Exactly. Totally agree. So, yeah, wild, a wild incident. We got another one coming up. But, hey, it's time for our second commercial break. We will be right back. You know, guys, if you're struggling with the ins and outs of warrantless searches and seizures, or what about the liability of getting it wrong? Say hello to BlueToGold.com. They translate search and seizure doctrines in the clear, straightforward concepts that any officer can relate to. Plus, they give the training for free thanks to BlueToGold.com's free weekly webinars. Now, next week is Anonymous Tips. Sign up at BlueTheGold.com today. Join thousands of your peers in blue because, frankly, you and your agency cannot afford not to. BlueTheGold.com. So, hey, AUFire.com stands for Accuracy Under Fire. It's AUFire.com, and AUFire is the gold standard in tactical simulation. And for the first time ever, agencies and Leos can safely simulate being hit by gunfire, knives, and other objects in AUFire's dynamic force-on-force scenarios. If you ever wondered how your officers would react or wish you could train them in real-world situations, now you can, all while improving their decision-making, return fire accuracy, and life preservation skills thanks to AUFire.com. So go there, check out the cool videos, AUFire.com. All right, guys, welcome back to the Leo Roundtable Law Enforcement Talk Show. Still live from the Boss Talk Radio Studios in Plant City, Florida. If uh, if everybody's done about the last topic, uh, you know, Lisa Winta is is she's a fan of the show. She's been on many times, and so she's we're streaming and she's conversing. So she made a post that I just want to cover mention, saying too many commercials would like to hear the panel a bit more. So let me just address that by saying, say, I, you see, Randy, so Randy, I, yeah, I got my work cut out for me on this one, right? So look, it's this is live radio. And uh, so we do have podcast components and other things that we're, we're on TV, Roku TV, Amazon Fire TV and other things. But um, this is expensive stuff to do this. So um, so in order to be able to bring you guys a live show on live radio, uh, there's an advertising component that is absolutely a must. You're not going to be able to get this kind of content anywhere else without that, that being um, the case. However, uh, we do have a professionally produced version. It's not live. But uh, as I mentioned earlier, at 9 o'clock tomorrow morning, the same show embedded with all the videos we talk about, the pictures of the good guys, the bad guys, uh, you know, that's at 9 o'clock on a Rumble channel. And, of course, our show Rumble channel is, you know, Leo Roundtable. So some people, that might be just be the best way, the, not the, the live component. You do get the benefit of having embedded videos and pictures of the good guys and the bad guys. But the people that enjoy the live show, they want to get the information out before anybody else does. Be the smartest guys in the room when we're talking about the news and the issues. The live show is going to be what you're going to want to hear. And, uh, and yeah, you're, there's going to be commercials, news, traffic, weather, sports, but on any radio station, you're going to have to deal with that anyhow. So I can't survive on ramen noodles alone. Sorry. That's right. Producer Jimmy can't either. Yeah. So, uh, so I'm just trying to explain to you guys. I don't take it personal. I just want to explain to people uh, the value on, on a live show on radio 
and the expense involved in that is huge. And we're nationally syndicated on what, 35 or 30, almost 40 radio stations right now across the country. Guys, it ain't cheap. And Randy knows about this stuff, Lieutenant Randy. Why are you talking so much and taking up more airtime? Oh, well, I thought Randy was going to back me on that. <laughs> that backfired. All right. We need to have a remote mute for Randy's mic. All right. So, all right. Now that I've been put in my place by Lieutenant Randy Sutton, let's get moving on. So we have another story with a video component, and we'll describe in great detail what's going on in this one. So here we go. On Rumble, our favorite law enforcement video channel, this is Butter, a suspect is charged with attempted murder after shooting a rookie NYPD cop claims the gun went off accidentally. The bad guy claims the gun went off accidentally. Yeah, here we have another rookie cop involved in something. So the suspect accused of shooting a rookie NYPD police officer in Queens was ordered held without bail on Friday. Now, this is in New York where they're not holding guys without bail, right? Um, this happened after prosecutors said that he tried to claim the gun went off by accident. So Devin Spragans, he's only 22 years old, slapped with a slew of charges in Queens criminal court, including attempted murder of a police officer in the wake of Wednesday's violent shooting that happened uh, in a location called Jamaica that erupted over an MTA, a transit bus seat. So he's on the bus. He's getting into it with somebody over the seat. And uh, here is a quote from attorney Canella uh, Georgiopoulos saying that, hey, this was a clear attempt of an assassination. This defendant wanted to take the life of one of New York City's finest. And uh, he's the assistant DA. And uh, so I'm, I'm trying to get this straight, Randy. Is this an assistant DA that's taken up for a police officer? I mean, wow, I don't want to, I don't want to like act too surprised here, but wow. The, the ordeal started when Spragans got into a fight with a passenger on the city bus, allegedly whipped out his firearm that he had on him uh, before 3.30 p.m. on uh, Wednesday a- afternoon. So he prompts the driver to stop and to hail down two nearby police officers. So Spragans, our bad guy, he ends up being nabbed by police late Thursday and he flips the bird as he's hauled away to the precinct on Friday, allegedly admitting to fleeing when Officer Brett Bowler and Officer Anthony Rock try to question him in the bus doorway. They stop him. The door opens up. Bus driver does a great job. But then the guy, he hits one of the officers. He checks him with two hands. So it's like a two-handed check, knocks him back, takes off. The chase is on. Looked like the uh, younger officer, the rookie, is the one that actually um, you know, chased him down. But then the gun went off. So the suspect, he said that uh, he ran. And, uh, of course, but I actually, the article doesn't even mention the strike. I, I did, though. Um, but he said they ran because he knew he had a gun in his waistband. So the surveillance video obtained by the Post shows the officers chasing him before Spragans allegedly pulls his gun from his waistband. He shoots Officer Bowler, strikes him in the leg. Now, Spragans allegedly insisted that the gun in his waistband went off uh, when the officer caught up to him. But after shooting the officer, then, listen, he attempts to take the life of the other responding officer, he positions himself in a shooter stance and points a firearm at the cop, the in the incoming cop. You know the uh, the, the one with some experience. So Spragan ends up 
being captured on surveillance video, ditching his jacket, mask, and sweatshirt in a nearby parking lot, jumps into a lift that he ordered. But the other cop that got shot, he ends up returning fire and hits the bad guy, likely prevented his partner from getting uh, shot and, and, and killed by the bad guy. And um, anyway, so that's the way all the, it's just a dynamic video to watch. A lot of moving parts. There's like surveillance video, body cams and stuff, but it's pretty wild. Um, whoever wants to start it off, guys. Brandy, you want to start this one? Well, this happened in Queens, not in Manhattan, where Alvin Bragg is the district attorney. So I think maybe the fact that it was Queens might have might have a, some influence when it comes down to the fact that he was held without bail. All right. Brett, uh, and, how can you talk that? I, well, when I, if I'm the defense attorney, I've got these guys in court. I'm going to say this couldn't possibly have happened. And they said, why? And I'm going to say, well, New York has some very, very uh, tough gun laws, and this couldn't possibly have happened in New York City. So therefore, my client must be innocent. This is obviously not true at all. Yeah, that's an excellent point, Brett. You know, I mean, there's probably when he was given chase. Yeah, because you're smart. I see you pointing for the audio listeners. Brett's pointing to his to his uh, to his brain there. Uh, you know, he must have run through how many school uh, gun free zones, you know, churches and schools and places that are prohibited, you know, the carry at. So how could that possibly be? That's a good point. Um, hey, another another great another a great episode where we got a rookie doing the right thing. And, you know, I I like it. I like it when the uh, this the the C, I just call them the season comp. That's a little slower than rookie. They're both they're both chasing this guy. And uh, and then they get kind of get caught up in a funnel where the uh, the season cop goes down. The rookie's behind him, but they're trying to squeeze between two cores. It's like hard enough for him to make it happen. But then the rookie tells us tells the season cop, he goes, "Dude, I got it. I got I got this. I got this." And he okay, and he lets him go ahead and chase down the and, and the season cop. He he starts slowing down and getting on the radio, you know, calling out location and stuff, you know. But he's not complaining about not being, you know, not 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 having to slow down. You know, he he was okay with that. But, uh, yeah, the rookie, I think, likely saved his life. Brett, final words on this one? Well, I think the seasoning might have come from the biscuits and gravy seasoning over 20-plus years. But not not that I haven't, you know, enjoyed such things. But Partaken? Yeah. Partaken. That's where, that's where the seasoning came from. Okay. And there's nothing wrong with that, right? I mean, guys, really. I mean, you know, Randy's there where all the buffets and everything are in Las Vegas. And, Brett, you know, we just came – we just witnessed Thanksgiving. So, yeah, yeah, we're all – it's all good. All right, moving along. Let's see what we uh, we got coming down the pike here. So our next article, lawofficer.com, we have an Indiana man arrested with a handgun hidden where else but the rectum. Evansville, Indiana, a previously convicted felon who is banned from being in possession of a firearm, kind of like, you know, carrying a gun in New York, right, Brett? He had a handgun. Now, it says secreted in his rectum, but I'm thinking that's a typo. I think it's, I think it's uh, you know, placed there. And uh, when he when he was booked in the jail, uh, the hidden weapon was found when he was required to submit to a, a body scan and a strip search. So, so yeah, they 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 knew something was up already. So Christopher Boyd, 32 years old, was arrested by officers with the Evansville Police Department in Indiana on Monday, two o'clock in the morning, and it was for possess, possession of a controlled substance, according to Fox 59 Indianapolis. So, uh, during the cursory pat down at the traffic stop, you know. That's going to be normal. Police discover a small bag with multiple pills in his right sock. And um, this was obtained by information by the smoking gun. So Boyd made the assertion that the pills were uh, Percocets that he obtained from Aunt Trish to assist with the pain from having a bullet lodged in his spine. This guy had the gift of gad, didn't he? Moreover, our bad guy claims that during the search that he could not spread his legs due to a spinal injury from the shooting, right? He's got the story all lined up. 
can't spread his legs. So while searching in the groin area, he tenses up. This is what they write in the police report. So officers asked the guy if he had anything stuffed in his groin or buttocks, and he stated that he did not. So he was arrested, transported to the county jail. During the process, officers note that he's walking with a limp and appears to be clenching his buttocks while he's walking. He's trying to keep that thing from falling out. So as a result, he's put through a body scanner, and a large object is detected in the groin region, according to Fox. Uh, a further search reveals two plastic bags containing marijuana tucked next to um, the scrotum area. And as search continues, he tenses up, refuses to comply, and was lowered to the ground. Probably not that gently either. An officer conducts a strip search and lowers his pants so they can access and remove the large object hitting in the rectum. And uh, he, of course, they're trying to fight with the clenched buttocks, trying to unclench it. Probably had to get a crowbar or something in there for that. He's able uh, to see the object in there was a handgun. It's unclear if the Smith & Wesson bodyguard 30, 380 caliber pistol was loaded, but police confirmed that it was not stolen. Wow. What do you guys... 30 seconds. We got 15 seconds before our, our last break. I, I wonder if we practice drawing from that location because you got to practice getting yeah, your gun we, into service like the cops do, you know? We have to get Jamie back with Critical Instant Review and time something like that, kind of like yeah, do a little yeah. after action. Commercial yeah. break, we'll be right back. You know, guys, no matter how much you know about guns and ammunition or how much you think that you know, there's that knowledge gap that leaves you confused and missing the complete picture. Gunlearn.com, they've taken the confusion out of learning, they've actually made it easy. Gunlearn.com is the first and it's the only company that offer a step-by-step program that takes you from your present knowledge level to become a safe, accurate, and competent certified firearm specialist like our Captain Brett Bartlett here. Now, they provide citations from federal law and ATF release for every point taught to ensure accuracy, and their training is approved by major forensic organizations, by law enforcement agencies, and also firearm manufacturers. Since 1996, they've taught everything that LEOs, that's law enforcement officers, need to know about firearms and ammunition to all facets of law enforcement. Now, you can start today with online training, or you can register to attend a live seminar, and you can actually get free training for yourself and the personnel at your agency by hosting a seminar at no cost. So come aboard as one of the most firearm knowledgeable people in the world by joining the folks at gunlearn.com, gunlearn.com. All right, guys, welcome back to the Leo Roundtable Law Enforcement Talk Show. Yes, yeah, still live from the Boss Hog Radio Studios in Plant City, Florida. So have we uh, exhausted the last topic? I think we have, you know, during the commercial break, I'm kind of reading the streamers, the comments and stuff. Gary LaFay is a, a big fan of the show. Um, and uh, Lisa went to logs back on and says, after I talked about the commercial stuff, she says, well, at least just put Randy's cat on during the commercials. <laughs> so she wants that. And then she made a comment about, you know, the commercials, you know, us having a lot of commercials. Those aren't, most of those are not our commercials. They're the radio station's commercials. So there's, uh, we have, we have a few but the radio station has predominantly the uh, the bulk share of commercials. That's usually the way it works out. And, uh, yeah, we got Bo, we got Jeff, um, and uh, This Is Butter is actually on the show, too. Um, I noticed there was another one here. Um, Cindy um, Harvell was saying, how can a gun accidentally fire if it was in the officer, if it, if it was in the waistband? And that's the point. The guy was lying, trying to make up a story, Cindy, that it fired. He was lying. That was the bad guy. So um, a lot more commentary. So, guys, uh, Please, I encourage you guys to watch the stream. We're streaming the eight locations right now. So go to leoroundtable.com and go to our syndication tab. They'll tell you where we're streaming to and how you guys can comment and watch the live stream. So moving along, we've got another story with the video component. I got about eight minutes before the end of the show. So let's get to it. Uh, I don't want Randy to jump on my case again for talking too much. On rumble.com, our favorite channel, This Is Butter, LAPD body and dash cam surveillance video, a lot of them. It shows the chase and a shooting involving a knife-wielding man. 
If you run towards these people, we're taking. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah. I got you. I got you. Is response, yeah, let's uh, keep a slight distance. Get inside the restaurant and lock the doors. This is the LAPD. Lock the doors. He dropped, he dropped the knife, didn't he? No, he's, he's yeah, alarmed. Okay, I gotta go Careful, careful, dude. Careful. Wow. So it takes place November the 1st. We have a uh, 911 dispatchers. They receive a call of a guy who said that he's he's uh, being attacked by another man with a machete at a McDonald's. And he goes, I was able to get away from him. And then he kept attacking me. And this is what the victim's telling the 911 dispatcher. So his attacker later later identified as Benjamin Pritchard, 35 years old, had dropped the machete. and was wandering through the parking lot of this shopping center, which had a which was busy. When police get there, so dash cam video it released by the uh, LAPD on Friday shows the officers. They first now remember we're in California, LAPD. They're going to have to go through a lot of less lethal options right before they can pull the pull the trigger on the gun, right? I mean, we just know how that works. So officers are trying to stop Pritchard near the McDonald's and then near the freeway ramp, and they approach him at the ramp. He charges at the police SUV. He's got a knife in his hand. And actually, when he runs by the passenger side of the vehicle, it sounded like he stabbed the uh, the vehicle with a knife, and then he runs away. And so then there's this boring pursuit. You know, he's on foot. They're in cars, and they're, anyhow, he's running along with traffic. Eventually, he runs into, runs into a parking lot uh, that's for the Sagebrush Cantina. And so the cops are, at least I guess they're on the PA, saying, everyone, get inside the restaurant, lock the doors. <laughs> they're on the PA. I mean, I'm kind of waiting for someone to take out this guy. But instead, they're, they're, they had the PA system tell everybody that, kind of get you know locked and loaded in their in their in their houses and businesses and stuff so security cameras and, and body cam footage shows uh that this thing kind of changes so pritchard he emerges with a bottle and a knife at which point the officer is chasing him on foot he fires the taser which had little to no effect and then of course the cops saying drop the knife um another camera angle shows pritchard running into a patio patio dining area as a restaurant patron or employee flees to the back 
This could have been so much worse, guys. Uh, officers then finally open fire with their service weapons. They strike him. He falls to the ground. He's later pronounced dead. Officers believe that he was under the influence of drugs at the time of the incident. I don't know why that matters at all. Uh, but, yeah, I, I, I wish they would have taken action quicker. Um, but, Randy, maybe I'm just uh, out there. I was waiting for them to hit him with the car. They had the chance that, the very first opportunity. I know. Right? I know. I yeah. was. I was. I was trying to. I'm. I'm screaming at the at the video. Hit him! Hit him with the car! You know, <laughs> take him out because he was clearly a threat. And and I mean, you you hit it on the head when you said this could have really turned bad. I mean, he could have taken out some of those customers or the people he was walking by, and uh, he was clearly a threat and needed to be taken down quickly. Well, wow, we are we are dodging so many bullets on you know when we cover these things on the show, and I'm just thinking, how in the world did we not get you know five civilians stabbed or killed, uh, Brett? It's just, I mean, how's that happen? Uh, two things on this, Chip. First, when the officer reiterated, "I said drop the gun," I'm surprised the the, the bad guy didn't <laughs> go, "Oh, oh, see, I was I misunderstood the the first hundred times, but now you, I, you okay, I, I will put it down now." Now to Randy's point about running over. People used to ask me, why do you carry a pistol? And I'd tell them, because my Crown Victoria won't fit in my holster. That's right. That's why. It doesn't matter. If you've got a handheld tactical nuke, launch it at him. It doesn't matter. Yeah, thank you. You know, our, our, we're getting a great commentary, you know, on the uh, on the chat, too. So thanks, guys. Uh, moving along. Let's see. We've got another one here. Now, it's um, Red Voice Media, rvmnews.com. If you've never, never checked them out, please do. Rumble takes a stand, files defamation lawsuit to protect free speech and corporate integrity. So, look, we're on a platform called Rumble, and so is This Is Better because we've been canceled, you know, by YouTube. Now, we are streaming the YouTube, but we've had to delete over 1,200 videos from YouTube because they were in the process of canceling us and trying to permanently delete our channel, our 10,000-plus subscribers, and all of our content, and we prevented them from doing that. But... um in a significant move to defend his, rep his reputation and commitment to free speech, Rumble, the well-known video sharing platform and cloud service provider, they filed a federal defamation lawsuit in, in Florida. The lawsuit filed November the 29th. It targets uh, Nandini, J uh, J well, anyway, there's two guys that are co-founders of Check My Ads. It's an organization that's frequ frequented uh, and it criticizes it's a, I guess for it's criticized for its approach towards news outlets and platforms that have different political views. So, the, uh, the lawsuit also includes John Doe's numbers 1 through 10 who are implicated in disseminating the alleged defamatory information. So this news source, you know, they go on and they slam people and create issues for people they simply don't agree with. Now, it talks about the law firm that's representing Claire Locke, and that's a law firm, and it's in a defamation in the First Amendment cases. So Rumble's action underscores the importance of protecting free speech, especially from those who seek to undermine it. So Rumble's chairman and CEO... Chris Prebaliski emphasized the point, stating that defamation is not free speech. When someone attacks our company's reputation solely to silence differing political views, we must hold them accountable. It also talks about um, pressuring like Fox News and Breitbart, and it also talks about Media Matters, you know, that nightmare. It talks about a lot of things, but, you know, Rumble is, uh, is taking it to them, which is protecting people like us because we can't have all this kind of free speech on, on YouTube. We've already learned that. They were deleting our content, and we couldn't get it out to you guys. So Rumble is like one of the last, you know, standing, you know, people out there that's going to let this stuff happen. Brett? The ghost of Nikita Khrushchev is going, wow. 
I, I should be alive right now because those guys got it all together. They have all this technical means to suppress free speech. We had to go out and thump people around. But man, what a what a great time to be alive. Well, Chip, this is what happens when you elect communists. You're right. You know, the, the left is enjoying it. They've got one up. So anyhow, I'm hoping that some of these conservative judges that Trump put in office, some of these, the right thing will happen with this. I know it's not a sexy, uh, you know, sexy topic, sexy title, but guys, please support platforms like Rumble that want to make this happen. Now, uh, look, let's go. Lastly, lawofficer.com and, and again, redvoicemedianews.com. NYPD cops continue to flee at alarming rates, uh, kind of like what you were just talking about. Officers, they're leaving the job. And according to this new data obtained by the Post, so many believe that the number will get worse as the city has to cut several upcoming academies, which will reduce the agency to the numbers that they haven't seen in decades. A total of uh, over 2,500 NYPD cops have left so far this year and the fourth highest number in the past decade and 43% more than the 1750 who left back in uh, 2018 before the pandemic and the uh, crime spikes hit the city. The number of cops quitting before they uh, reach the 20-year mark, Wow. They don't even get their full pensions at that point. It's also skyrocketed from 509 in 2020 to over a thousand so far this year. They're still going. So um, it's a it's an alarming thing. Uh, Travis Yates, you know, one of our panelists is quoted in this article. We got less than a minute. I want to close out on this. Lieutenant Randy. Oh, you know, this is this is the crisis that is occurring. And this is going to be a generational crisis of criminal justice, uh, the, the criminal justice, quote, reform that they have put into place. Um, this is going to be a very, very dangerous uh, situation for the people who live there and also for the police officers themselves as this exodus just continues. And then five academies that they've wiped out that they're not going to even hire people for. So this is going to be a major crisis for a generation. Yeah, I think you're on to something. Um, I don't know if you had anything to say, Brett, but, you know, I'll tell you guys, it's not going to get any better anytime soon. So um, we're going to be in a world of hurt if we don't get a handle on this stuff. Um, you know, we're coming to the end of the show. Thanks, guys, so much for being on it. I do want to give a, uh, you know, Brett, I know you've got your Exumber Defense Solutions at ExumberDefense.com. So, guys, if you haven't checked out Brett or you want to read his bio, it's on our site. And it's also there as well. So please check it out. Now, Randy, the Wounded Blue, the WoundedBlue.org, tell us some more about what's going on. We've got some amazing stuff happening. I, I urge you, if you're law enforcement, go to thewoundedblue.org, see what we do, see how we help, and feel free to reach out to us. If you support law enforcement, I ask you to go to thewoundedblue.org and hit that donate button. If you can just give 10 bucks a month, I can't tell you how much we would appreciate it. We're saving lives, thewoundedblue.org. Yeah, they got some great stuff going there, and they're doing they're doing God's work, helping cops out suffering from major things like PTSD and other issues. So, um, also shout out to our sponsors: Gulls, AUFire.com, Gunler.com, BlueTheGold.com, MyMedicare.Live. Thanks to Brian Burns with the Free Press at Tampa FP.com, and also Ray Dietrich, RedVoiceMedia.com. Guys, uh, we're having uh, Sheriff David Clark tomorrow. I'll see you back on Wednesday. <laughs>